What is good, everyone? This is Robbie C. here, and we have our wonderful co-host. This is Brad. How's it going, everybody? So, so grateful, Brad, to be here and bringing a new podcast to the disc golf world, something that I think we, we need regarding just so many players out there building bags, putting all sorts of plastic in there, and a common problem. What what did we put in that bag? It's a great question. I'm still trying to figure out myself, to be honest. Uh, honestly, same. So what we want to do here at In the Bag is we want to help solve that problem for beginners, intermediate, and advanced players alike. We want to go through and have players come on to the podcast and live, we are going to work through the discs they have in their bag, ask some guiding questions and principles to help them solidify and refine their choices so that they can find success before they even step out onto the T-pad. Now, one of the biggest ways that we want to do that uh, is by sort of looking at what they have so they have submitted their bag ahead of time and one of the best parts is is that brad tell us a little bit about your disc golf background so i was a covid boomer disc golfer so i've only been disc golfing about a year and a half now so uh, a lot of learning you know i do have the privilege i am the vp of sales here at foundation disc golf so uh, i am in the warehouse all day uh, filling discs seeing the trends so that's helping me obviously i'm spending time with brody and hunter and trevor and silas and obviously spending a lot of time with robbie as well so learning a lot taking in a lot so um you know i've been throwing a, a one manufacturer bag for my whole time playing disc golf so far and i'm personally trying to change that too so that's something we're going to be looking at as well uh, i'm going to be throwing some of the discs that robbie's recommending for these other players um and you know i'm a beginner i have a slow arm speed i'm not going to throw it like someone who's an mpo like robbie or you know a, a brody or a calvin heimberg right so the discs are going to fly very different for me uh, and hopefully they'll fly fly very close to those people that were recommending them so um, hopefully that's the value i'm going to bring here and you know, I'm um, looking forward to it and, you know, just helping build this wonderful sport. I mean, there's such a great community and it's just going to be great to meet some new people and help them out with their bag. Absolutely. Cause I think that's something that we, we share a passion for both Brad and I is trying sure. to see more people fall in love with this sport. That's why we're here. And we're going to talk about a lot of plastic. We're going to talk and have these questions. And truly our hope is that when you're listening along, Hey, maybe the, the bag we're talking about sounds really similar to yours. So we would, we're going to be looking for new guests. So if this sounds some, like something exciting, also reach out to us because who knows, maybe you could be our next guest so we can find out what's in the bag. Now, talking about plastic a lot, uh, Brad, you hinted at that you work at Foundation. So one thing that we want to talk about is what's some cool stuff that's new to the Foundation Warehouse? Um, I'll tell you what, we've uh, been getting a lot of new castoplastin lately. It's a new thing we've been getting on our shelves. So it's been really great feeling that plastic. The K1 soft plastic is just so gummy and so delicious. And, um, you know, it's working. In, uh, my, my oldest son is putting one in his bag. I threw it the other day. Um, and it's just, it's butter. So going to definitely be playing in with that. I mean, we can barely keep it on the shelves. I mean, we're discs are flying out the door there um the era you know by finish line discs so drew gibson's company uh we've been selling through those like crazy um we have the cool x out so the factory seconds and they've uh, just been flying as well um oh, another cool thing we have um the f the new fds and the 
the new disc mania plastic of course feels great mm -hmm. i haven't thrown them personally yet that's kind of on my list to try out i am looking for some fairway drivers i'm finally at the point in my career where i need some and those just feel great so those are gonna i'm gonna be working those into my routine soon so that's some exciting stuff we just got a restock of uh innova plastic some pigs robbie oh, yeah. for you Come on, make, on the shelf um, in the yeah, the domiest, domiest race I've ever seen in my life just came in. Okay. The domiest discs I've ever seen in my life. Uh, these races, I've never seen anything like it before. So keep an eye out for that. And, of course, our uh, retail store here is opening very soon. So opening this Friday, wow. um, if you're watching, uh, on the day this comes out. So uh, looking forward to that. But... You know, turn it over to you, Robbie. That's the exciting stuff coming from the warehouse, foundationdisc.com. You can find everything that I just spoke about. And uh, to Robbie's point, let's get into the bags here. Uh, we'll let Silas over at Plastic Addicts talk about how great some of these cool discs Absolutely. are. Absolutely. So we're we're not just talking about Frisbees and the discs. We want to make sure that we're, we're really taking time to dive in. So let's introduce today's player, Jason Collins. So Jason, we've got you here. Jason, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us your disc golf story. Uh, like Robbie said, my name is Jason Collins. I currently live in Alabama, um, but I'm moving to Lynchburg this summer, so that's going to be fantastic. I started Let's disc go. golfing like so many other people. I'm a COVID disc golfer, uh, April of 2021, so barely over a year I started uh, playing disc golf. We have I live on a military base, and randomly they have a disc golf basket at this park where people play, and we just started throwing discs there. Um, and then, of course, one, the first – and then I visited family in Tuscaloosa, and they lived three miles from one of the courses there, and we went and played with it. And it was like the addiction began, or the, the love of the game began very quickly. And then I bought <laughs> way too many discs, like everybody can do, deep into the YouTube worlds, and bought so many discs, it's, it's insane. So uh, I'm looking forward to the discussion today. Absolutely, absolutely. So just for viewers to know uh, i love that and so we want to give viewers some insights into what your game looks like so what would you say is your golf distance not necessarily like you get fully a hold of it here we go i've ripped one it's gone this far but you throw about yay far beyond that it's just like a hope and a prayer but right at this distance i feel comfortable throwing both backhand and then what's your forehand distance right yeah no problem so backhand uh, probably 275 to three, not very far, but I'm comfortable with that um, consistently, especially on an open course, of course, out in the middle of a field or an open course, you put me in trees, it's yeah. a different story altogether. Uh, so backhand comfortably 275 to three. I mean, even my longest throws when I rip it, or I've hit 330 or 340. So 275 to three, I'm very comfortable if I see that. Forehand, totally different story. It could be 50 to 100 to 150. I have no forehand, it's total trash. Um, my longest recorded forehand uh, was like in the 150s to 160s. On one day, I had a really good practice session, but I've never repeated that. So it's basically nothing other than a little flip. Okay. Okay. I love it. And then let's talk about putting. Uh, putting, if you had 10 putts from 15 feet, 10 putts from 25 feet, and 10 putts from 40 feet, what are your numbers looking like? What do you think you're hitting from those? Uh, if I warmed up before then, I think that yeah. I think I could probably go eight out of 10 for 15. I have a basket in my backyard and that's my standard practicing putt is about 15 feet away. So if I've warmed up and I'm feeling good, I think it's eight out of 10. The, you said 25 feet or something around there. That would yeah. maybe be 
it come, I mean, if I'm being honest, maybe 40%, four out of 10, if I'm feeling good, maybe, okay. maybe five out of 10. And then 40 feet, it's a hope and a prayer. I may get one or two in. Sometimes I'll clang a few and it's great. And then I won't hit another one for like 30 more shots, 30 more putts. So very inconsistent okay. from 40 feet. That's okay. That's okay. That's that. I imagine most of our listeners should be answering about the same unless we're on the internet and they're like, Oh yeah, I'm lights out from 40 feet. Cause you know, that's who I be. <laughs> I've literally never missed a putt before. <laughs> okay, buddy. Now, uh, let's talk about what is, what would you say is the biggest strength of your game? I would say the biggest strength of my game right now would be probably upshots, um, from, and, and my, my definition of upshot may be a little different, but when I think of upshot, the newbie anywhere from, you know, maybe a hundred feet or less or in, not in trees. I'm very comfortable at getting it to an easy putt on the basket. Some days are better than others, but in general, um, I've honed in my uh, my MVP envies that I love a lot, and I'm pretty comfortable throwing those from from anywhere from 150, 50 to 100 feet, even less than that. I feel comfortable that if I'm that close, I'm going to at least get close enough for an easy putt. Okay, I love it. I love it, uh, Brad. Where you feel like you feel like you and Jason have a similar game? It sounds like. Yeah, I feel like we're we're kindred spirits here, Jason. I'm feeling a lot of the same pains as you. You know, I do have a couple months on you as far as when I started playing. So I feel like in the last couple months, the putts maybe come in for me a little bit, and the forehand approach shots are coming in a little bit. But you know, outside of 150 feet, my forehand is complete garbage. Um, I'm really getting solid on my 25 footers. I probably would say I'd get six to seven out of those at this point. 40 depends on the day. <laughs> depends on the day, depends on the round. We'll see, right? Um, but yeah, I, I feel like we're very similar. So I think this is going to be a great discussion, Jason. I'm, I, I think, I hope my feedback here on the disc Robbie had me try is going to be helpful to you because it sounds like we're about the same arm speed. Come on, great. come on. Well, you you mentioned the disc, and I want to dive into it. So, Jason, uh, do you know? Off the top of your head, we're going to hopefully, and for our YouTube audience, we're going to put up hopefully a list, if we can, of all the discs. Jason has submitted all the discs in his bag. Jason, do you know off the top of your head how many discs you have in your bag in total? It's it's usually 20 to 22, roughly, off the top of my head. Yep, that is pretty spot on. Now, in that spread... We have now. Can I, I uh, want to interrupt you for one second, if that's okay. The reason I know yeah. it's twenty to twenty-two is because I, when I go to the field and throw, I have to count because I'll forget and leave disc out there. So I'm a, I'm a notorious counter because I've left that's disc right. into my, into the field way too often. So I apologize for the interruption, Robbie, but that's why it's, it's either twenty to twenty-two, and almost every time I head to the field near my house, I have to count before I go to make sure I don't lose disc. Hey, absolutely. My, uh, my mom kept the scorebook in baseball, and so she had a pitch counter that she would use and I take it to field work sessions for that same reason. Uh, so I click through and it's like, boom. And I just keep it in my pocket. So a little pro, a little fun tip for you guys, uh, just before I even really dive into the bag. Now you have this bag of the 20 discs, uh, you sent me, uh, I, you have 10 of them are fairway drivers or faster. So 10 of them are fairway drivers or faster. And then when we look at the putters, putters, you have seven and then four mids. So we have this like this balance among them. Now, what I think is incredibly interesting, but also I think a very common thing that exists with beginners uh, and especially newer players 
How many discs do you have a duplicate of in your bag? I mean, like I know I carry mold. two envy, right? Right. I carry two envies, and I often carry two passions, two slight, you know, the prototype and in the first run. But I don't. The first run isn't quite doing for me right now. But I know I carry two envies. Yeah. Um, is the main one I carry two of, and then I have. I think I have two Valkyries, or I don't know if I put it on the list, but I go back and forth between carrying my D, my DX Valkyries always in there, and the Champion is in there sometimes. But I know those two are two I carry the exact same mold. Okay, yeah. So we have this spread, and that's our that's our first thing that we want to talk about, and it's why we're going to dive into a lot of this. Is that a lot of players when they first build their bag, they carry twenty discs and twenty different molds. And there's something that I love to call subconscious confidence, which is we can get the same thing you're talking about with your, you have, so you have these two envies. Let's use this for example. What's the difference between your two envies? You have one in electron and one in electron firm, I believe. Right. Or one, yeah, one in electron one. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my electron firm for me is a little straighter and the electron in general has, is a little more overstable. So if I want a little bitty, you know, a little bit of fade into it and I feel comfortable for that throw, but my electron firm for me, when I throw it, I have the confidence that it's going to it'll fade a little bit at the end, but it's fairly straight. Okay. And that's fantastic. Cause that means that when you're throwing two different types of shots, boom, you're grabbing that electron, you're grabbing that envy and your hand knows this is what an envy feels right. like. So right. when we spread out among that, you've got a Luna, a keystone and a nomad that are in there as well. What did those, which one of those I'm guessing is your putting putter. Yeah. So the keystone and the Luna, I, I, I think I'm slowly switching totally to keystone. I was a Luna guy for a long, long time. Uh, and then I did a keystone on a video and I stayed, stayed in my, it stayed in my rack and then in my backyard, start throwing the keystone. And now I'm really liking the way it flies out of my hand for lack of a better term. So I keep the Luna in there, but I actually think I'm switching to full-time keystone. So Luna probably is going to go away anyway. Um, so that's why it'll be two keystones in there just for feel, right? From watching pros, they tend to carry a lot of a, a couple putters. So it's really the feel of that putter that day. So it'll be two keystones. The Nomad, I don't really have a good justification other than it's a, I think it's a slower speed disc, but it, it flies really straight when I throw it right as well. Like when I throw it correctly, it flies really straight for me. I don't putt with it. It's a throwing putter. But I don't really have a good justification for what's in there other than it's just in there for the confidence level, I guess. Yeah. But if but do you feel more if you're stepping up uh, rounds on the line, you've got to throw a solid shot. Are you grabbing the nomad or are you grabbing that electron firm envy? Oh, the envy all the way. That's uh, there's no doubt. Like if it's a shot I have to make or I feel unless the envy has been bad that day. Right. It's always situational if, if, it's, if it hasn't been friendly that day. But if it's been friendly to me. Then it's the envy all the way. It's the cosmic electron firm envy. I have that's my most common one that I will pull yeah. out. Absolutely. And so I that's something I, I want to make sure I love that phrase that you're saying. If it's been good to me to that day, if it's been bad to me that day. Brad, do you find that you have discs that often are bad for you that day? You know, originally yes, but I've made the transition, Jason, and I'll tell you from the other side, it's a much better place. Um, I was like you, I was carrying, you know, I primarily, actually, I only throw Discraft at the moment. We're changing that slowly. And this is going to be a, a segment on this podcast eventually. But, um, you know, I had every mold from Discraft in my bag just because I wanted to, because I thought I needed everything. Right. So, um, actually I watched one of Robbie's videos and this inspired me to just say, okay, 
why am I carrying these discs? What exactly are they doing to me? And is it the disc or is it the thrower, right? That's the big one for me. So I've slowly condensed that. And, um, you know, I'm carrying the same mold, different plastics or different levels of being beat in and a lot fewer molds so I can be more proficient. What I found myself before was I could throw all of them okay, but I didn't throw any of them great. And I didn't really have any confidence to come back to Robbie's point in a lot of them, you know. I did find myself reaching for my crystal flex zone a lot because I was confident in that. I liked the feel. I was consistent with that one. So I said to myself, all right, well, let's get rid of a couple of, uh, of these other putters that I don't really throw and maybe a couple of these mid-ranges that I don't really throw. And let's just make these zones fit that gap for me and experiment with different plastic types because I like the feel. I like how they fit in my hand. Um, so yeah, I've slowly made that transition, Jason, and that's just, it's been great. And it, you know, as a person who likes discs, right. And I like how they look and, you know, it feels cool to have them on your bag and all the different collars and stamps, but, um, it was a little painful pulling some of those out and throwing them, you know, in the disc box in the closet, but, uh, it's, it's a great place to be. So if you find yourself saying, I don't know why this is in my bag, take it out, man, just take it out. And what For it's sure. going to do, Jason, is it's going to beat in that electron firm envy even more because now you're never going to fall back on that nomad because you can't, because it's not there. So then it's going to get straighter. It's going to become more reliable. So then it's going to have less days that you feel like it's bad. And if you really need that extra disc, you can always think to yourself, oh man, what did that electron firm envy fly like in the beginning? And boom, you get, you have a space open. You can put another one in there and now you're cycling and you're doing this proper and, but you have that confidence with the envy over and over again. So that's, that's one of the big things I wanted to look at. Uh, and I, because it, the envy jumps off the page to me cause you already had duplicates of it. So switching and pairing that down, I mean, you're nailing it Two putting putters. That totally makes sense. I always recommend people to do that when you're warming up It makes having two putting putters really easy, especially two of the same weight, same plastic, things like that. Um, so wanted to look at that. Mid ranges. We have a couple mid ranges. What's the difference? Uh, and we're going to move through this one kind of fast because it, you've got your bounty, which I'm guessing is your understable option for your mid ranges. And then you have an Emac Truth, a Compass, and a Hex. So, what's the difference between those three? The the bounty, like you said, it's my understable one. Uh, and it's, it's also on the rare occasion I do a forehand, I forehand with the bounty, which I know seems odd to forehand an understable disc, but it's, but the way I throw it, it seems to work when I throw it right. My, uh -huh. my, my, tr my truth, um, it's, it is the overstableness of it is consistent for me. So if I, it's so talking about earlier, how my upshots were good. Like I don't, I don't chuck the, the, my, my, uh, my mid range is very far. Like I, I power down on them more than I power up on them. And so yeah. my my truth is 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 an upshot, tr a trust upshot for me. The envy slowly getting there. The more I throw an envy harder, the more I can get it to go one fifty two hundred comfortably. So the truth is kind of fading out in the last few rounds. I don't use it as much because I trust my envy more for that. But I used to use the truth mm -hmm. for maybe one hundred sixty to one hundred thirty feet. It had a good fade on it, and I could I could trust it to go where I wanted it to go. The compass. Uh, when I'm throwing it well, or when it's good to me, which depending on whichever one it is, it, I can throw it pretty straight. And so I like the compass because it stays quite straight for me. Um, and then um, the, the, the hex is a big, for me, a big hydra shot. That, but the more it's getting beating in, it has less and less fade on it. And so I, don't, I actually don't throw the hex that much anymore. It's still, it's still in my bag. 
for those big shots if I want to use it, but I power down on my river more now. I've, I've learned, and I'm going to jump ahead to the fairways a little bit, but I saw Katrina Allen say something when she was talking about one of her discs the other day that she tends to power down her fairways. I didn't realize, but that's basically what I do with my fairway drivers. I power down, and they basically become a lighter mid-range, for lack of a better term, in, in Jason's terms there, right? Instead of powering up on it, I'll power down. Now, I'll power up on the mid, my, uh, my fairways as well, but I will power down and use those as more of a mid-range distance for a lot of my throws. Yeah. Well, and that's honestly uh, what I love there is, once again, we're, we're asking these questions not to make you feel bad about your bag. But what I love is there are a lot of realizations that you're having that are like, all right, cool. Like, I don't throw the hex that often anymore. So to go back to Brad's point, right. why is it in there? Uh, and <laughs> exactly. so if it's in there, all it's doing is making you second guess yourself, which is going to cause you less success on the tee just because it's there because now if you have that 150 foot hyzer shot you're like oh man but like sometimes i throw that hex and it goes really well so i might want to throw that here but then it doesn't do it and now you're second guessing everything throughout the rest of the round so i love having that emac truth in there for that over stability that you're talking about the bounty seems like it flies really well for you the compass feels hit or miss uh because like you said you're you're more leaning on the river uh in that moment and so I think that it's okay to not have a ton of mid ranges in there, especially for players who aren't big in the distance department. It feels like, why would I be throwing mid ranges? Because I can either throw my putters this far, or I just need to disc up and throw a fairway. The only reason and the biggest argument that I make for mid ranges is that that more rounded profile on the mid range is going to give it less ground action so it's going to be a little more consistent when it lands. So if you find yourself, I like having the Emac truth and the bounty so you have some varied options for flight shapes. And they'll stick to the ground better than even coming in. I mean, that, that river's still a bladed edge because it's a dr fairway driver. So it's going to hit and have a little bit of skip action sometimes. Or more likely, if it comes in on too sharp of an angle, it can cut roll away. Like all of those options come into play with drivers. So I like having those in there and let's jump into the fairway driver because the fairway drivers are the most, they're the most perplexing part of my, your bag to me. <laughs> and that's okay uh, because we're here to learn. And I think there's a lot of players listening to this who half their bag is fairway drivers and drivers. I want to go ahead and applaud you. You only have one distance driver in the back and for your arm speed, I, I love it. I love it. You only have a scorch in there, which is a neutral to, I'm sure, does it fly overstable for you? Oh, yeah. It's very overstable. Not very overstable, so, but it's overstable. Consistent fade, we'll call it, right? Right. Yeah, so that's fine. That's fine. I love that. I think that's a great option. Having a neutral disc as a slower arm speed is fantastic because it just it's the same thing as having a big distance driver in your bag if we were playing golf. A three iron is probably going to hit better for you anyways. So sure, keep the big stick in there because sometimes you need it. But we'll get there because you probably can throw the other ones better. So when we walk through this, you've got nine fairway drivers and none of them are duplicates in terms of like you have nine unique ones. So I don't want you to walk me through every single one of them because that's going to take a while. 
which ones do you feel like why why do you feel like you have nine unique drivers in your fairway drivers in your back you kind of hit the nail on the head when you were talking earlier when we were talking about my uh, my hex because i know at some time sometimes the disc goes the way i want it to go and i know i can make the lift sometimes do this i can make the stag sometimes do that and i can make the valkyrie do this so i think it's more historical because when i first got in i was just throwing it people recommend disc it threw well in a field it threw well in a, on a round so i just started sticking them individually in there so that's the best example is that at some point that disc did what i want to do and we always have hopes and dreams that it'll do it again yeah okay so if i were to tell you all right jason you can only keep three of those discs and i need a disc that's going to go straight you don't have a forehand, so I need a disc that, Jason, you're right-handed, right? Right. So I need a straight option. I need a disc that turns over to the right. And then I need a disc that when you throw it straight, it's going to go left. Not hard left, but it's right. it's going to go left. Because that's there's no disc in your bag that seems like it's going to go hard left on you. Or do you have a disc that does that currently? Not when I, not in general, no. I mean, if I miss throw okay. it, of course, but there's no, there's none yeah. that I fear that's just going to go way out to the left. Okay. Yep. All right. So I need, I need a straight option, a straight that's going to finish left, and then a disc that's going to turn to the right. You right. only get to pick three, so my, though. What are you keeping? <laughs> this is rough. This is rough because I have more than three that I really love. So, um, you know, my, my my one that's straight and fades at the end will be my right now would be my Valkyrie. It's a DX of all things, but I, I love that Valkyrie. I, I can make it actually do any of those, but it's lately consistently been very fading left, a late fade, not a not a bad uh, like I said, not a bad turn. Um, so it'd be my it'd be my Valkyrie turning to the right. What naturally turns to the right is the Vandal. I don't throw it as much anymore, so I would probably say the Passion because I can turn it over. Okay. And then um, it doesn't actually go right, so I'm doing a little turnover shot, you know, a little bit of ante on there to try to get it to go right. And then straight would be my pipeline all the way. So, yeah, yeah, the pipeline. I mean, the pipeline is crazy. Have you ever thrown a pipeline, Brad? I have no. You should 100. That's before ne- before our next episode. Definitely go check out a pipeline, and we'll report back because I'm sure that y'all got some of the like the Shasta Chris's. Uh, I do. I have some uh, on the other side of this wall right yeah, now. So definitely check out the pipeline. Uh, Brad, are you feeling the pain that I'm asking of like, you can only have three? No, actually, because I just made the change, Try. right? So <laughs> bear with me here. Um, can I ask Jason a yeah. question? Jason, let me ask you. You keep talking about why you love this DX Valkyrie. Why do you love it? Like what specifically Ooh. do you love about it? I like the way it's, it's it's I like the way it feels in the hand. I know that sounds as a common thing, but I just like the way I like the way that DX plastic fits feels in my hand. I actually like it better than the Champion because I have ordered a couple of uh, Champion Valkyries from the these these are second you know factory second ones, and it just when I first started throwing the Valkyrie from the very first throw, it just it flew straight from the from the beginning from from my arm. And it was actually Robbie who suggested the Valkyrie because he knew I liked the passion. And he, and, and from an interview perspective, he said, well, there's another one you can try is the Valkyrie. And, and I ordered it right away, and I, and I love the Valkyrie. So I, I love that it flew straight from the beginning, 
And in the last couple of months of throwing it, I actually can make it do different things too. I chose it as my straight slightly fade, but I can throw any and it'll go way right with the right throw for me. If I need it to, to dive harder left with a little, with a little, I mean, with a little hyzer, I can make it do that. Or if I get a good flat arm throw, it'll go straight for me. So i had never heard of the Valkyrie. Now there's a lot of discs I had not heard of, but it, it just, it feel like it, it, like the passion I can make it do. It, it tends to do what I want it to do when I throw it correctly. Okay. Yeah. And it sounds like it's comfortable in your hand. For me, it's feel for me. And that's what I've really kind of stuck to. Um, for me, I, I really have, I mean, my Hades are my go-to, right? I mean, I'm really, I'm struggling with a fairway driver, mid-range gap. I find myself either sticking with my mid-ranges and, you know, I'm really just throwing buzzes and meteors because I don't have a forehand, right? So that's where my mid-range game is. Um, I have different buzzes and different plastics and different levels of wear and tear that, you know, I have the pink Z buzz that I've used since the time I started. That's perfectly beat in that like your Valkyrie, I can get it to do whatever I want. And my Hades, I'm kind of following the same philosophy. I have multiple different ones in different plastic that are different levels of beat in different dome on them. And I just like how it feels in my hand. And I guess, and I don't know if this is the correct uh, thought process, Robbie, but for me, I'd rather have one disc that I'm from one mold that I'm familiar with and I want to manipulate that mold versus mm. having to switch up how I'm gripping and throwing different molds. So that's, I mean, that's kind of where I am. So if I was in your spot from an amateur who doesn't know what I'm talking about, I would say, hey, Jason, why don't you grab some Valkyries that you like, keep some, find some, feel some other plastics beside Champion, besides uh, DX, and work them into your bag, remove some of this other stuff that you're like, I don't really know if I throw it right this one time, it does this for me. Keep the stuff that you know is doing the right thing for you and work them in. And, you know, I think if you throw them in a different plastic enough, you'll get comfortable because it's the same disc you're already comfortable with, but you'll be, you know, champions are, and stars probably a little more stable for you, I'd imagine, right, Robbie? Absolutely. So that's probably where, you know, now you can jump on those ones for your overstable shot and then this DX one that you're loving the turnover, then you just grab that one and everything feels the same. So that's my... Uh, baby perspective if we will at disc golf that's kind of where my mind is, and that's how my bag's changing personally i i love it and brad you nailed it on the head so i have one more question as a clarifying question jason and then i think we're ready to move on to really the biggest addition i think we can make to your bag what's the difference between a valkyrie and a passion for you well <laughs> Um, I think to me, the difference right now for the Valkyrie is uh, because it's a little heavier weight uh, disc. Because all my passions are 160s, mid 160s and lower. I actually have a passion that's a 151 that I don't even throw anymore. But um, I think I can, when I give it a little more oomph on it, right? When I get my power up on it a little bit, I can still control it. Whereas the passion, if I power up but don't have it on the right angle, it'll it'll fly right or fly left because it's light, at least in my perspective, that's the way it feels like. So I, I don't, I don't throw my passion as much right now. I got some of the first runs and I'm still trying to beat those in, but the prototype ones, I don't throw them as much. It's all, I, I realize it's just the Valkyrie comes out over and over and over because I feel confident that it's going to do what I want it to do consistently. Yeah. Here's my challenge. If you play for a month, two months, and you just carry three Valkyries in different plastics, the pipeline, 
see how much that passion gets used and see if those other Valkyries, if you have more confidence because you're like, like Brad said, you're manipulating that Valkyrie to do so much. I'd be curious for you to report back. And I think it'd be a fun update that we can bring to this podcast is like, uh, Hey, we had Jason on in our first episode, two months later, here's what Jason had to say about the changes that we brought. Uh, does that sound like a, does that, does that bring excitement, Jason or hesitancy? No, it's excitement. And, and I'm not saying this just for the dramatic effect, but I kid you not, I have a shopping cart at the end of a factory second with G star plastic with, with, um, some of the other, pl- I'll have like every plastic. This is a true statement. Like I, I, this, I didn't do this for this podcast either. I just coincidentally did it before you hit me up. So I was like, I really need to try the other stuff, right? Because I don't know what G-Star feels like. I and, and, and get some, I was, the reason I was doing it was to get me backups for my DX because it's getting beat up, right? Because it's a DX. So every yep. time it hits a tree, there's no, no little scuff. And so that's what spurred me to do that. <laughs> no, I'm excited about it because I already was leaning towards getting more to fill them. But I love the challenge for sure. Yeah. So the one disc that I, I think the one type of disc that you don't have is I think some people would be hesitant to put this kind of disc in a beginner's back, but I want to preface it that there is a use for this, but this is not a disc that you're going to be throwing often. It's not a disc that you're going, that you should be throwing on every tee shot. And it's honestly, it's a disc that if you lean on it too much, I actually think it could hurt your game. So this is a utility disc through and through. Have you ever thrown a felon or a raptor before? I've never thrown a felon. I actually have a couple of raptors, but they I'm just inconsistent in the field. Like I don't carry any raptors. I have like a bottom stamp ESP Ledgestone from last year or this past year, got it from Foundation. And then I have like a, a, a Z, yep, that one right there, different color, but it's pink because I, I like pink discs. And I love the way it throws in my field, but it's just, it's so overstable for me. And, and, I, and I read that you're supposed yeah. to throw forehands on it. Well, I have no forehands, so I, I have to keep working on that. But I do have a couple of Raptors, like a Z Raptor that never threw well. But the, the ESP one I've liked, but it still haven't bagged it. Lack of confidence. Yeah. So I was going to recommend a either ESP Raptor or a Fusion Felon. Now, Brad went and threw those today. Brad, tell us your thoughts. How did they fly for you? What were some of the differences? Okay, so I'm kind of where you are, Jason. Like, this is a pretty stable disc for me. Um, I am getting somewhat of a forehand, but I'm kind of leaning on a a more neutral slash understable, like, Hades for my forehand, just because I can get it to... It's not as... It's not as uh, mean to me, if you will. Uh, if I make a little bit of a mistake on my angle, it helps correct a little bit. It's not too brutal on me. Um, I do carry a, a Raptor and a Captain's Raptor in my bag for utility's sake. Um, I have a Z Raptor that I have beat into perfection. That's my thumber go-to, actually. If I get into trouble, it's, it has a very predictab- predictable line if I th- do a thumber, and it's my go-to. Uh, the captain's raptor is kind of the same thing. Or if I really need to throw something that's going to skip around a tree, I need to keep it low and just blast it as hard as I can. I know that thing is going to come back and skip something wild. So that's what I'm usually using it for. Uh, but Robbie kind of challenged me a little bit. It opened up my eyes a little bit to these two discs. Um, because I'm not going out in, in a round and saying, hey, let's throw a raptor off the tee. 
or something like that. Again, I'm thinking of it as a utility disk, which I understand Robbie's saying, but you know, when I did this from backhand, so the first thing I did was throw both of these several times, you know, I'm blessed enough. I have a, a large property, I have a course on my properties and I have some just open, you know, 500 foot field shots I can throw. Um, so flat release from backhand, I'm right hand backhand. Uh, distances was almost identical every time with both of them up within five or 10 feet. I mean, that's probably just the skipping that I'm seeing. Um, a lot of ground flare, right? So this is going to be on a flat backhand. I'm trying to get it as far as I can. I was going about 275, 300, if I'm being honest. Um, some of that was the skip. So let's just take that into play. Um, but I really didn't feel like I had to. So if I'm throwing something like my Vulture or I'm throwing like a, a Hades or something like that, and I'm trying to get it to move on the ground or I'm really trying to put a move on it, I'm having to blast this. Now, with these on my flat backhand, I didn't feel like I needed to full power these to get them to get really stable or get them to flare on the ground. I was throwing about 80% power. So I wasn't really putting a huge move on these, but I was still feeling like I got the ground play from flat backhand. Um, Anheuser is where my eyes really opened a little bit, which is a shot I'm not utilizing at all, which is kind of funny. So both really stable, right? So if I'm throwing these on Annie, um, they're obviously going to come back and still finish left for me. But the interesting thing is the Raptor that I threw, it really ha held that Annie line and kind of gave me this very smooth flex out the whole way for me, for my arm speed. And I actually threw it about 60 feet longer even than the Felon. And I threw it about, and this is 60 feet farther than my previous flat backhand. So gave me another 50, 60 feet of distance. And actually this Raptor on that Annie line went dead straight. It came back dead straight in my line. So I'm not finishing way left or anything. It's flexing out and coming back almost dead straight for me. Mm -hmm. This beautiful flex line. Um, the Felon, it, it came back. It just wanted to come left. Like I threw it, it it just barely touched its toe in the water on the le on the right and came right back. So again, it was nice. You know, if you accidentally crank over on one, it's going to come back for you if your grip lock, uh, not anything too bad. But uh, it was kind of amazing how, I guess, if I'm thinking line wise, right? It didn't fly straight, but it landed basically in a straight line in front of me and actually gave me this beautiful flex shot. Uh, that I really wasn't expecting, to be honest with you. Because um, for the rest of these shots I'm going to list, they flew very similar for me, but not this Annie line. They were very different mm -hmm. as far as their full flight. Mm -hmm. um, and really, again, not a lot of effort I'm putting into this. Again, 75%, 80% power. I'm not feeling like I have to kill these, especially on this Annie line. Um, now, for Heiser release, we can probably guess what's going to happen on the Heiser release, right? Um, so I already knew, I, again, I throw Raptors and Captain's Raptors. I, they get me out of trouble sometimes. So what I did to kind of set up for this shot is I had a basket. I stood about 200 feet away, and I put a giant pine tree in between me and the basket. And, you know, that's the, the kind of shot I would throw uh, a disc like this is to try just to get around that tree and finish back left so I'm not way to the right or way to the left, right? Or I don't end up in the top of this tree. So... Pretty similar flight, almost identical distance. The only thing I would say was different for me is the gumminess really of this ESP plastic. Um, I really feel like I could kind of dig into it a little bit more and maybe feel a little bit more control because I was having to put a lot of power into it. It was kind of almost my full power to get it to do that high hyzer line up around. This tree is probably 
60 feet tall. So I'm kind of going out to the side and coming back around. I did feel like I had a little bit more control with it, whereas the felon was a little bit slip, more slippery for me in my hand. And I just, I, with its stability, it didn't have like kind of the wider line. It had a very sharp angle to it. And I was playing way too close to the tree limbs, way closer than I felt comfortable for. So that's kind of where that came in. Now forehand again, I'm just getting there with my forehand. Um, my flex zone up shots are like, I'm proud of them now. Like from a 150 feet in, I can just, you know, buckets. I can hit chains if I'm having a great day, right? Now my forehand off the tee is still garbage. We're getting there. So these were a little, uh, little comical coming out of my hand, and I was very frustrated. So I actually threw way, way more forehands with these than I did even the backhands. Um, and what I will say is, you're you're not going to have any grace at all with angles on these. If you release it slightly off angle, again, for my arm speed, it was punishing. If I gave a little too much hyzer off a of forehand, it's tanking. If I, you know, um, and I didn't even really feel, you know, again, with my Hades, I can kind of cheat a little bit and give it a little bit of ante, and it'll kind of pop me a little on ante and get me straight out there for a forehand off the tee. These ones, no, they're not even, they don't want, for my arm speed with forehand did not even want to give me that they're just, they're still going right every time and i'm throwing 150 feet or less probably maybe maybe 175 if i got a nice chuck on it and kept it flat by some miracle so uh but the ground flare was great still from the forehand which i just made a note of for me again so i'm not throwing it i'm throwing it hard it's not going very far but i am getting ground play at the end so maybe if you were again you're trying to get around a tree you need to go right you don't know what else to do you need to get skip around that tree for me i might say okay let's try the raptor or the the felon and try to skip it up around because i don't have a lot of power but i don't need it i'm only a 150 200 feet out absolutely well brad thank you for going and testing those uh because especially what you were saying about the flex line that anheuser flex line with the between the esp and the fusion felon yeah like you wouldn't know it without testing it and for me and someone even my arm speed if i try to throw it on that flex i can hammer over i can hammer over on them and they don't they'll just finish kind of on that line rather than flexing out and whatnot so but i want to make sure to remind you that jason i'm not telling you that you should get this so that you can throw your max distance flex shot by just ripping over on one of these because then you're going to develop this habit of hammering right. over on everything and then your valkyrie is going to be useless because it's just going to dig into the ground so brad nailed it it hyzers without him having to worrying about it hyzer so when you were talking earlier about you could throw your hex or your river soft and let it just ride a hyzer, maybe flip up a little bit, but ride a hyzer. The more you develop your form, the better you get, you're going to be loose and you're going to hit that line and your body's going to fire correctly. And instead of hyzering, it's just going to go dead straight. Yep. And you're going to be like, oh. Come on, dude. It's the same reason that you have your zone and your pig in your bag because they reliably hyzer. What you're going to use this disc for is the three major purposes are Brad nailed the first two. You're using them for ground play when you need to make sure that you flare big. If you got to skip off a road, there are few discs that do it better than a raptor or a felon. Like if you've got hard packed earth, dirt, things like that. 
So the ground play, incredible. The second, reliable hyzer. You don't have to worry. You can put so much pepper behind that disc, and it is still going to fade, which is fantastic. So like Brad was talking about, that if you're trying to throw your pipeline around that tree and you crush it, it could go too straight and you're in trouble. Any your no your envy too straight you're in trouble. That raptor or that felon, it's definitely getting down. But the third is that if you play in wind, almost every disc in your back is going to be tough to use, especially off the tee. If you're playing in crazy wind, and I feel like across the states we are having one of the windiest years that we've had in a long That's the time, truth. and your pipeline is going to be dead straight. So what happens if I need to get left? Are you just trying to throw it on more hyzer and now I'm in an uncomfortable release angle that I'm used to? That Raptor, that felon is going to go dead straight. So once again, hear me when I say this because I know the internet's going to roast us for our first pot. Oh, you're <laughs> recommending that over stable of a death for him? What are you doing? You're a dummy. <laughs> Most days, yes. But I am <laughs> trying to make sure that you know it's not for an everyday use. It has very specific niche purposes but that slot doesn't exist in your bag at that fast of a disc. And you've already seen the beauty that you have in that reliability with a zone and a pig. And this is just a, a much faster version of that that can help get you out of a lot of places. And it can teach you those flex lines, how to start throwing them in a very forgiving way because you can hammer down on it and it's going to fight out for you. So just some options uh, for you to consider to add to the bag. Jason, do you have questions? And no, I'm good. This, don't have questions. This is this has been great. Some of it, some of it, I've kind of seen and heard before on the interwebs, but it's good to have a more detailed discussion. And some of it's like you know, hitting me in the face. Like you're right, I have nine fairway drivers. That makes no sense. <laughs> so in a good way. Like I'm not. <laughs> oh my gosh, ashamed. I'm I'm good. This has been great discussion, and I I look forward to going deep on a couple of discs for sure. Come on. Well, Jason, thank you so much for joining us, man. And uh, super grateful for you and wishing you the best of luck next time you're on the tee box. What a time. We brought our first person looking in the bag. Brad, how are you feeling about it? I'm feeling good. I feel like um, I have some knowledge, which I didn't feel like I had until right now. Not a lot, but there's some. And uh, I'm really excited to throw some different discs. You know, like I said, I'm kind of a one I have been a one manufacturer kind of guy and it it's just nice to throw some different plastic and give some feedback and compare it so um, I've got a lot of things I've you know like I said I felt in the warehouse I'm excited to you know maybe work on my bag maybe not you know again like we told Jason if it doesn't need to be in your bag take it out of your bag man so that's kind of where I am but no love having Jason on Jason's a great guy um, and if you would like to be someone like Jason and let us talk through your bag and give you some advice and maybe just talk through your strategy, uh, make sure you hit us up. You can email me, brad at foundationdisc.com or robbiecdiscgolf at gmail and hit us up. We'd love to have you on the show. And uh, again, we're going to follow up with everyone that's been a guest and see how they're doing, seeing if the advice helped, hurt, or did nothing, or if they chose to you know, follow it. That's up to them really after they get off the podcast, right? So, that's that's uh, absolutely true. Like you can well, Robbie, walk in and pay so much to get fitted for clubs, right? But at the end of the day, you still got to swing them. So 
We are just trying to do our best to help you guys with what you're doing. And if there are things or discs that you heard recommended that you're like, huh, I wonder how that flies. Let us know if you're watching on YouTube. Let us know in the comments below. If you're listening on any of the other podcast platforms, then feel free to, you know, give us a like, rating, whatever, and let us know in the comments there of, hey, yeah. That was a great idea. Or, you know what? You want to try to roast me? Let's have a discussion about the Raptor or the Felon. I stand by it. So, is a, you said you have a Raptor and a Captain's Raptor. Did it open up your eyes, Brad, to, man, I think I might actually find more uses for this while I'm out there on the course? Yeah, I've, I've never really thought of the uh, Anheuser uh, release, really, to, you know, again. And then I think after, you know, this is coming out right after DDO, right? We saw the wind there. So that made me really feeling like, hey, I don't have a lot of super stable stuff in my bag that, you know, what if I'm out playing in the wind? It's not impossible. I mean, it's like you said, it's been like one of the windiest times ever right now in the U.S. I don't know why, but um, need to be prepared for that. And again, that Annie line, it, it actually shocked me. And I did it multiple times to make sure it wasn't an accident. It's one of my old teachers used to say three times or it's an accident. And it was it was amazing the distance that Annie line did, and the, it was controllable distance, right? I didn't feel like I was trying to do this giant flex line out of control. So no, I'm 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 very grateful, and uh, this uh, ESP Raptor may uh, go in the bag as well, and it may I, again. I'm trying to figure out this fairway driver slot, but you know maybe I'll boot another mold out and just stick with some different types of Raptors and think about these shots we talked about today, but. You know, shameless plug, if you see these discs, you like what we had to say, there's these and plenty more on foundationdisc.com. Make sure you check that out. Um, make sure that, you know, don't get stuck in one mindset. Don't st keep putting stuff in your bag. And if it doesn't belong in your bad ma bag, man, take it out. Take and it out. Um, take it out. So, Rob, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for jumping on tonight. I look forward to the next one. Until next time, if it's good, keep it in the bag.